This week on Oakcast, we're going to talk about how dinosaurs are going to become extinct once again, the Jokers returning to St. Louis, and we'll also dive into STL Startup Week and also how the district in Chesterfield has come into life. Yeah, are you starting us off or? Yeah, I'm going to start us off. Okay. I'm going to start this one off with dinosaurs. Now, if you didn't know that they went extinct and they came back recently to the St. Louis Zoo over the last few years, well, they're going to go extinct one final time. And that's because the St. Louis Zoo is going to open up Destination Discovery in 2026. Now, this is going to be a $40 million project. And what I really like about it is it's going to be very immersive. So the full 2.8 acres of the that part of the zoo, they're going to have underground tunnels dug by prairie dogs. You can splash alongside flamingos, which will be very interesting. Uh, you can look up at overhead tunnels and walk through an aviary. Now, what's going to be very modern about this place is when you walk inside of the Welcome Center, it's going to have like very interactive art and it's going to have augmented reality that's going to change throughout the seasons. And so, like I said, dinosaurs, at, at least this time, we've been warned that they're going to go away the first week of November. But um, for more information on that, you can go to stlzoo.org. I'm confused. Is it like people dressed in costumes as dinosaurs or like animatronic oh, okay. things or like I'm... Yeah. Oh, so the animatronic, the animatronic dinosaurs will be going away, which they're really cool. Like, so is that what they? So is that what it is? No, that's 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 the old news. The new news. Then is, what's happening? So the new news is that destination discovery. So that's going to be. Uh, they're going to have like it's it's really made with every guest in mind. So what I read was like. Uh, they want it for like to be very interactive with kids. It doesn't matter, you know, what their physical uh, disabilities are. Um, it, it just looks really cool. Um, but yeah, and then you can go through like slides. You can go through tunnels, so you can be like face to face with animals that like right now you're like a big divot ditch and six feet, seven feet. So away. dinosaurs have nothing to do with any of this. No, I just I really. Oh my I, god! Then why were you even mentioning cause, cause dinosaurs? I, I really like the Dinosaurus exhibit. <laughs> it, it was really cool. Like it was, it was like as if, you know what they should do? They should put that in the science petition center. to keep the dinosaurs around. Put it in the science center. Yeah. Because right now the one in the di or the dinosaur. Don't they have those though? It's missing its head right now. What? Yeah. So sustainability. But, yeah, yeah. Keep. Yeah. What else are they gonna do with them? I don't know. Uh, that is a good question. Let's call, yeah, let's DM them about that. <laughs> what, what happens with these things? It's called recycling, you guys. We have a terrible recycling program in St. Louis, so let's um, do something right. Yeah. Or just put them in, like, ooh, all the parks in the city. But they, like, move and they make noise. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Until the first week of November. And then they are extinct again until they come back to life. But it doesn't matter because in 2026, wow, that's three years from now. What's happening in 2026? I'm that, on the edge of my seat. Uh, Destination Discovery. And for more information on that, stlzoo.org. Um, because then even after that, they're going to have the safari opening like two years after that. Have you seen that? We're, this is a This Weekend podcast. This isn't This isn't a two years from now podcast. We better make it three What's years. happening? Wait, no. This, this isn't the future. What is? Destination Discovery. That's the new to the loo ish Newish to the loo. The newish thing is that <laughs> the newish thing, <laughs> guys. It, it, 
new th- you're you're talking about the joker Did, okay can i can yeah I, let's, should let's, I just go on to that and go. then you guys just go to the web just go to um stlzoo.org and you'll be able to know what's happening um this weekend anyway next year yeah, next year probably <laughs> we're just dm brad and he'll let you know what's going on with this um with the dinosaurs because <laughs> i have no idea let us know in the comments if you know what happened <laughs> just let us know we're, we're actually concerned with all the hard work the artists put into those dinosaurs we're just concerned okay like we would actually take one on the set maybe two or three i would love that same so but yeah you... a mascot of sorts yes the... anyway oh mess i can't even come yeah so what what, what do you have you, you got something else new i haven't been to six flags in in many moons in six years i want to go in more <laughs> six than six years, years honestly in many moons i want to go to fright fest so bad um and then i'll probably see this new ride that they have opening up called the joker carnival of chaos it spins and it flings around and it does everything that i don't want to be a part of um but a lot of people do like that kind of stuff it's 17 stories high and it is the tallest pendulum in the entire world um oh gosh it 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 spins and it soars 172 feet in the air so it what, what i imagine it does it goes like this and then it also like goes like this that's what is I'm that picturing. what you imagined? Yeah, I picture I th- they have a ride called like Excalibur or, that like I feel like is the same, but I think this one's like taller. Yeah, it's probably like because it does. It says the tallest p- p- pendulum in the world. What if the other one's like 171 feet and this is? And it uses the word whips, like it whips the riders back. I don't want to be whipped anywhere. You know what I mean? That sounds bad bad painful well like and the older i get i can't do that like now i now i understand so when i was a kid we used to go to six flags like every other week and like now i understand why my mom was like oh no i just like hanging out and it's like when i go like i get dizzy i get headaches and i feel hungover but like in the worst way i just feel like when i'm going on a roller coaster i feel like i'm gonna this is how i die this is how I die. And like my stomach like, yeah. st- you know what I mean? Like my stomach like stops and I'm like, oh my God. And you're just like, why did I just do that to myself? Yeah. And it's just like not fun. But you know what I am going to do is I'm going to wait. They, they're they so smart with this because um, I'm going to wait in line with my friends that do want to ride this because the line, you're in the Joker's like fun house. So mm. while you're waiting in line, you're actually still like you're having a good time because you're going through Joker's fun house. Um, it's an immersive trip too, whatever that means. Like, I don't know if. Um, you're getting like uh, massages or anything um before <laughs> the, you get whipped from, from the jokers just <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. Well, it's like, I don't know i guess we're just gonna have to find out um in 2024 because that's next year oh my god that is next year oh why do you have so many things for next year well, on this, the this agenda the you know we got we got plan for we gotta have people plan well you must be 52 inches taller or tall inches taller taller to ride how tall <laughs> what's how much how many inches is that how many feet is that? I think like uh, 12, 24, 36, 48, four, four feet. Foot four? four foot four? Okay, I'm good. If I wanted to ride it and get whipped, I could. <laughs> Just like, whoa, whoa, if I want to get massaged and whipped, I have that option <laughs> to do so because I'm tall enough. Um, it just sounds like a very dizzy ride. But there are a lot of people that love those kind of rides. They sure do. Like, I, I like, the, I'm at the age of the Kitty, what do you? No, no. She says no. Nah. I mean, it's up some people's alleys, though. So if that's up your alley 
and you're ready to get whipped at 17 stories high, go to sixflags.com slash St. Louis to um, learn more. Yeah. I, um, that, that ride actually by the time this episode comes out, I'm going to have a six flag season pass. You are. Yeah. I haven't had one in like seven years, but it's, um, it's like really cheap right now. I think it's like $40, $50 and you go the rest of this year into next year. And now they charge you from the, for the water park that used to be free. And like, Oh my God. And like, I don't, I, I need to show more love out there in Eureka. And so give me a reason to go to Eureka. I mean, yeah. Shout out to Eureka. Yeah. Six Flags Eureka. To our, fan, to our fans in Eureka. Yeah. Um, is Fright Fest still cool? Like, yeah, it's cool. It, it depends what do you, what do you, like, do you want to get, like, scared? You know, scary stuff. A haunted house. And, and I'm just trying to get a turkey leg. Oh, a turkey. Yeah, and get up on the thing that makes you throw it off. Oh, <laughs> God. They probably walk around with, like, sand. Mm. You know that that wasn't that the that, well yeah anyways you know what someone that came up with this concept had the startup idea <laughs> to start up making these very cool rides right and king of a, transitions the king of transitions but that's like very true someone's like you know what I'm gonna make rides that are 172 feet tall it's gonna spin and make people sick but guess what we have St Louis Startup Week coming here September 18th through 22nd now our friend. <laughs> <clears throat> now our friends over at Tech Artista are hosting their third annual STL Startup Week. It's a five-day celebration, and it's very much focused on building that community and people having that that, that person they can turn to. Because a lot of times, as an entrepreneur, you don't know who to ask. You ask Google, you ask ChatGPT, and you're like, "This is very unreliable, or it doesn't pertain to St. Louis." So this event is all about really building that community. Now, attendees will be able to experience talks, panel discussions, networking, and more. And what's really cool, they're going to host events all over all over the city. So we're talking the Cortex, which is still a newer, hotter spot. Heydays, uh, Keisha over there is doing an amazing job. Trust Downtown, if you haven't been there, a beautiful spot. But uh, previous years have inspired hundreds of individuals to discover their potential as entrepreneurs, innovators, and change makers, which is really cool because people don't realize, like, that, you know, entrepreneurs right we go to farmers markets all those people had to take that leap of faith into doing that now we have hundreds of people at these you know vendors at the at these farmers markets but also there's people in tech um, now most of these events are going to be free to attend but few will require a cover and guests must register ahead of time so they can learn more about that at st louis startupweek.com are you going to be attending um, you know, I bet there's like some free pens and koozies and stuff there. And I do love, um, little free trinkets. We got, we got to get those. So maybe. Beebs, I know you're watching. I know you're listening. We got, we, we're, we're going to put those little trinkets and things in there. And actually we, we, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Cause I can make that happen. I can, I can put the, put oh yeah. You're the king of merch, king of merch and transitions. Damn. But can I do the, can I do the transition? I have a good one. Yes. Yeah, okay. Go. I mean, STL startups. Um, wait, do you have to live in St. Louis to attend this? No, that's a really good question. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't believe so. I think it's just, you got to be a good person. Oh, and pre-register. Well, good people need places to live. And one of those places that people might live is in Chesterfield. And we've got, 
<laughs> new restaurants coming to Chesterfield in the place called The District. Did you like that? Was that good? I, li I, I like that. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, I think The District is such a cool name. Anyway, we've got Four Hands Brewery as well as High Point. Oh, my God. So exciting. And I think they're like doing like a little merge situation. Um which is amazing because they're going to like pair different beers with different um, food items from High Point because I love pairings. You know what I mean? They did it just for me. No, I'm just kidding. Forehand is going to have 25 beers on tap and um, High Point's going to have their daily specials. Everybody loves their daily specials. They're so crazy. They're like, here's a taco, but it's a burger inside, but also plot twist. Um, there's Cheetos on top. You know, it's wild. And they're going to be open from 11 a.m. to midnight. I'm always looking for places that are open late at night. In Chesterfield? Well, no, but <laughs> the the people that are that that live there, there's got to be people just like me. Yeah. That need snacks at nighttime, you know. Well, and it's like they have the concerts there too. Well, oh, that does make sense. Yeah. They have the the main event. They have the top golf. They know they what have, they're doing. That's the genius. Top, yeah. They so, just need beer and food now. So. Exactly. Oh. So they're gonna have beer tastings, events, festivals, live music, all the things, and um, now you have your beer and your burgers. And Cheeto tacos. Yeah, the next time I'm there, uh, next time there's a, there's a story. So when wrestler, former wrestler Chris, no, he's a wrestler, I guess now. Chris Jericho, have you ever heard that name? Um, I have to I have to show you. Yeah. Like if you saw if you saw the video, well, I, I was talking to him, and his dad played for the Blues back in the day, so he grew up in Chesterfield, and he was like. Is there any, he's like, is that place still around? Is there any, have you ever partied in Chesterfield? And I had to lie to him. Well, I said the place is still around, but I, I lied and said I partied in Chesterfield. But now I have a reason to party because of four hands. And open till midnight. And it's open to oh. midnight. So I'm going to have to take Chris Jericho there the next time he's in town. Yeah. I'll have to show you that clip. And if you need more information, go to fourhandsbrewery.com. Fourhandsbrewery.com. Let me say it with confidence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more questions? No, I, I don't. That, that was a that was a really really good description. I know. I think we just got to go experience it. I mean, I'm just excited to see what Chef Adam puts together. I he's, know he's such a genius. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Mm -hmm. He's a good guy. Good person to talk to. Uh, he does everything with passion and love. And I think you know some people aren't receptive of it, but I think 99% of people are because when you see it, and you're like, okay, cool. I like that. With STL Startup Week being next week, and I know people are going to be coming into town and they're curious on where they need to eat at. So we actually brought on Matt Minetti, who is part of the Tech Artista Foundation and overseeing everything that's going on with STL Startup Week. So check out his Foodie Friday. It's Foodie Friday, and I'm here today with Matt Minetti of Tech Artista and STL Startup Week. And so whenever you're looking for a place to relax and have a drink, where, where are you going? Uh, lots of places these days, but probably I'm going to um, retreat Gastro Pub. So Tim Wiggins, you know, he's guy behind Lazy Tiger, Yellow Belly, great cocktails. Um, just love the vibe there. I'm going to Frazier's, great bar program. Love the drinks that they have there. Just really nice neighborhood vibe. Um, going to Trust. Uh, so part of Tech Artista mm -hmm. family. Um, great place downtown if you're staying for an event or got a hotel downtown watching a game. Um, what, what about for a night out? What about date night? Date night, um, going to probably Louis. Um, so Louis great place in kind of demand. So that's a place my wife and I like to go to. Um, also probably going back to Fraser's for, for date night. Uh, I Sophia, great Greek, mm -hmm. uh, food down in our kind of neck of the woods, St. Louis Hills and the park. Um, all great options and really any place on the hill. 
um, Canetto's House of Pasta, um, Amagetti's, um, uh, Antonino's, great Italian food. And then how can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Matt Menetti and Instagram is also at Matt Menetti. And for a full list of everything Matt just said, make sure to follow at Opecast the Pod, and this will be on STL Bucket List on Friday. As you head into the week and you're probably looking for something to do with your local besties, so we brought on ours, Amber. How are you doing this week? Pretty good. Long week, but we're doing good. Yeah, so what do you have for us? Because last week was all about the arts. What about this week? It was very art heavy last week, but this week we have Frizzfest in Tower Grove Park, the great balloon race in Forest Park, which is always a huge event every year, the Kirkwood Dr Green Tree Festival, Pyromania at Cedar Lake Cellars, which is a huge fireworks show, and then the Mimosa Fest at the Armory, which I'm excited about because I love mimosas. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot of good events there. So hopefully the balloon race and the pyromania, they're not going to collide at all. I, I, I would hope not. Like different times of the day. Different times of the okay. day, probably, and very different locations. <laughs> okay, oh, perfect. And I, I remember being a kid, and you just, like, would be in your backyard, and you would automatically, like, just see, or all of a sudden just start seeing the balloons. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember that. And now, as an adult, I, like, plan, like, okay, I got to be in this part of town. I got to be on this rooftop. So yeah. uh, so you're going to go to Mimosa Fest at the Armory? Yeah, that's that's the plan. It looks like it's going to be fun. So the Armory is always a good time, too. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the Armory. And so for everyone, if you're looking for the full list, check out at Local Bestie on Instagram or at Oakcast the Pod for everything that we discussed on this week. So Amber, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Oakcast, it's Brad and STL. And today I'm here with Matt Minetti, the executive director of the Tech Artista Foundation, and as well as the lead organizer of STL Startup Week. So we're getting close to that. So I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, let's talk about startup. Well, actually, before we get into startup week, let's talk about yourself, how you got involved, because people, I don't know if many people realize how many startups come out of St. Louis, how many big corporations we have. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes it takes us believing in those up and coming startups that'll lead to that next, um, yeah. you know, big corporation in town that help drives the economy. And so uh, how did you, you know, end up in St. Louis? What, what's your upbringing like? Yeah. So, um, moved to St. Louis in uh, the summer of 2009, uh, came here for a year of AmeriCorps. And uh, a lot of people don't know what AmeriCorps is. It's kind of, uh, like the Peace Corps, but they put you somewhere domestically. So mm -hmm. you're able to have a little bit of choice in, in where you serve, uh, for that, for that year. So I ended up working for a, um, an after school program called America Scores that um, we did soccer programming, we did creative writing um, programming. So I did uh, communications and fundraising for that organization. Lived, you know, kind of north of the Central West End, North St. Louis, and just fell in love with the city. Loved all the, you know, got to know a lot of the, the teachers and the schools that we work with in the education program, and just met a lot of other people in the the nonprofit sector who like believed in this kind of potential of St. Louis that mm -hmm. you know we were kind of on a city. Uh, sitting in, in, a, in a moment of time that there was a lot of um, challenges facing the city, yeah. um, which still exists today, but like that there was enough, you know, resources, enough smart people that cared about the city to kind of see it blossom into its kind of next generation. And so I thought there's space for me yep. here in a way that maybe there wouldn't be in lar a much larger city like a Chicago or a DC. Because that so, was around the recession you said 2009 right 2009 yeah so um or the and last I, recession, I had a, i had a uh, graduated from the university of iowa with an engineering degree so it's not like i didn't have a degree that was like marketable you mm -hmm. know engineers you know typically you know they're they, they can find jobs pretty quickly yep. um but 
I was looking for something that utilized some of my like systems thinking, engineering skills to make a difference. And so that looked differently than some of my peers who were getting jobs at, you know, Motorola or uh, mm -hmm. Boeing or things like that. And so, um, but yeah, I think it was difficult for some people in that sort of generation of um, young people that were that were looking to get jobs. So AmeriCorps, a lot of these gap year programs were becoming more popular as people sort of figured out what yep. they really wanted to do and could find jobs. And yeah, I wasn't, you know, I was given a living stipend, but um, part of that was, it was so important to the program so that you sort of lived within your means, but also got to experience what it's like being in poverty. Now I'm not, yep. you're not able to recreate it one-to-one, -one, um, but you're able to sort of live within your means and understand that there's lots of families that live well below the poverty line, mm -hmm. multi-generational families, just trying to just scrape by in this, in this, in this, um, city. not just city, but just in America in general. And so for you to really understand it, but also live it gives you a lot of perspective on like all the stuff that we complain about, you know, yeah. just like, oh, my cell phone's not working. Guess what? You have a working car, you have air conditioning in the yep. summer, you have a lot of things that a lot of people don't. So that, that, I think that perspective was really helpful for me to get during that year in AmeriCorps. How did that help shape your next journey in your career in the sense of, you know, you're seeing how these people are living. Like, uh, for example, you know, I see people at the bus stop when it's raining, yeah. you know, and it's like, sometimes I, you know, I want to give them a ride. Uh, but obviously I'm, I'm going in a completely sure, sure. opposite direction, but it, you know, it makes me think of like, okay, I'm fortunate. I'm complaining about the, the really bad potholes in the city, yeah. but it's like, I'm at least able to be in a situation. Uh, and you know, within my family, there were, yeah. when I was a kid, there were times where we caught the bus, yep. you know, but, um, how did those, um, you know, being there, living right there at that, that poverty line, how did that help shape, you know, your mindset over yeah. the next few years and into your next role uh, in your career? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think two things that come to mind right now are one around just like uh, a sense of gratitude, right? That, mm -hmm. that it's not to say that we can't complain about issues that we have in, in our lives, the challenges that we face, whether they personal or professional, but that, um, we're, we're blessed with a lot of things and I was blessed and I have been in my, in my life to have beautiful wife, new son, uh, family um, that supports supports us just unconditionally. Um, and for that to just give you a sense of a purpose and also just that, you know, hey, you have a lot of things, you're, you're, you've been provided a lot of things in life. Uh, and the second piece is really that, um, you know, I, a lot of us have, have faced that where they, you know, they're um, getting off uh, exit of a highway and they see someone who is unhoused looking, you know, asking for a dollar to help mm. with bus or, or a sandwich or something like that and you feel kind of powerless like how can I help or there's a sense of distrust like how do I know that my money is going to Go further to this person's just you know make them you know make them feel better right mm -hmm. and so I think uh, working with a lot of these organizations whether they be AmeriCorps St. Patrick's Center just local nonprofits they realize that like you can just start by smiling and saying hi to someone and yep. that makes so much difference in their lives um, but you also <clears> have an appreciation for some of these macro levels like homelessness, like uh, philanthropy, like um, just uh, systemic rape, racism in, mm -hmm. in the city. And so, um, but it gives you access to like, hey, if I can, uh, it may sound cliche, but like I can make a difference in yeah. one person's life and not to be bogged down with all the different things that we can't do societally, politically, all these things that seem much larger than ourselves. And so yeah. that was, uh, I'll never forget that experience with AmeriCorps. Um, and I've met some just amazing people through the through the program. 
I think it's, um, like you said, you know, when you get off at the, you know, you're getting off the highway and, and you see that person that's unhoused just standing there. And it's like, sometimes you don't have any money, you don't have any food. And it's just like, just giving them a head nod, like just humanizing them because they are human. And, um, I think I heard, I think it's, I was on a different podcast here in St. Louis. I think it was, uh, meet St. Louis with Alexis Zotos. Yep. Yep. She had a uh, bridge bread, the owner or founder yeah. of that. And he said, you know, it's like a lot of the unhoused individuals, it's like they're, they're going through ordinary crisis here in St. Louis or just in life, ordinary crisis without that support system. And, you know, a lot of us in life, we have different things that come up and maybe yeah. we have that support system that has helped us get through that. And so it's, uh, I, I think if, if you're listening to this, just, you know, let's all work to at least do our, do better, you know, to humanize these individuals because you just never know, um, when that could be, yeah, you, we, like we all fall on, on tough times. But, um, so recently within the last year or two, you got involved with, uh, the tech artista, uh, foundation. Now, how, how did that happen? Yeah. So I, I've known, uh, Chris Holt, who's, you know, CEO of, uh, tech artista, um, the, the for-profit and, and, you know, network of, of spaces, uh, many years ago, just through being active in the St. Louis startup ecosystem. So I've worked for a lot of different, you know, venture capital groups, economic development organizations, mentoring organizations, all of which support entrepreneurs. So I really love helping entrepreneurs. I love the way they think. I love mm. just how um, new and fresh, you know, a lot of just the, the way of thinking is yeah. and, and that we're all kind of looking for, you know, we all, there's a sense of just gravitas around each of them, whether they're starting their own nonprofit, whether they're starting mm -hmm. a podcast, whatever. Um, I like people that are starting something and I like, I gravitate to that energy a lot. So that has sort of led me that, that sort of thread career wise to like work for these organizations where I get to help lots of entrepreneurs develop yep. their companies and ideas. Um, and so Tech Artista is a great platform for that. Obviously you have so many different members that have different types of companies, whether they be creative or legal companies or marketing and everything mm -hmm. like that. And so, you know, when Chris started talking to me about his vision for the foundation and my background with nonprofit management seemed to be like uh, stars sort of aligned with just sort of a lot yep. of respect for what he had built from a community as well as all the facilities here. You know, you've got three, um, you know, awesome spaces here in addition to the the Grove space, the studios, the artist yep. studios. We can talk more about that later. Which we got we to gotta plug. Shout out to Tech Artista <laughs> on this one. Yeah, that's where we're recording this. And. You know, they, they believe in us artists and entrepreneurs yeah. and shout out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the three locations, just yeah. being able to be a member and you can go to University City, sure. the, the beautiful trust yep. uh, downtown right by the stadium. And then obviously here. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we just developed a, a good relationship and then, um, you know, started to talk a little bit about what we wanted to accomplish with the foundation, things that the for-profit had already started Um you know, the, the artist residency and, and there's such a uh, mm -hmm. commitment to art and artists here in terms of, you know, see it in the murals, you see it in yep. the membership, you see it um, in so many different places. So like, how can we amplify that even more by giving them, you know, space, uh, materials, just sort of a platform to, you know, kind of ramp up uh, what it, what is, you know, it's, it's being an artist, being an entrepreneur is hard. Um, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you sell your art? How do you get started just finding space? How do you connect with, uh, people that are going to buy your product? Um, these are all things that are common to entrepreneurs, but they're unique to artists. Yep. So that's been a world. I don't have a lot of background in the art community. I have a lot of friends that, um, have worked for lots of different 
well-respected arts organizations, and I've always um, been drawn to that, just the skill and the, the vision of uh, specifically visual, visual artists in, in town that are able to make a living um, and also just say something with their art. You know, that's always been something that spoke to me of like, hey, there's a deeper message here in addition to how beautiful it looks or right. whatever whatever you put into, you know, your heart and soul into something that uh, turns into a, a beautiful piece. So um, that's how I got involved. I've always been involved with, you know, uh, a lot of these sort of community events, whether they be Startup Week, Startup Connection, serving as a volunteer. Um, you know, there's been a lot of friendships I've developed with people that have worked for Lots of different, we kind of jump around sometimes mm -hmm. in different organizations and in different roles. Um, but, you know, there's a sense of camaraderie there that, um, you know, people do care. And, yep. and that I, I do, in addition to being drawn to entrepreneurs and, and their energy, it's like I, I want to be surrounded by people that, that give a shit. And um, whether that be about making St. Louis a better place or just helping small businesses thrive here. And it, it's inspiring, too. Just like... I was talking to my wife about this the other day and I was telling her about someone I was talking to and when their next endeavor and what they're doing. And she's like, she's like, wow, like that's just very fascinating. Like, how are those conversations? And I'm just like, it, it, it's motivating. Yeah. Like I, you know, when you're around people, um, you know, that just, they're striving for more and they're excited. You're like, you're just excited for them. You know, you're just like, man, that, that's really cool. I'm excited for you. Then you like start thinking, you're like, what am I doing today? You know what? Like, not that you're comparing yourself, but you know, you're like, you yeah. know what? Like that, that's what I love about talking to all kinds of people, um, you know, whether they are, you know, teachers, they're doing what you're doing, yeah. artists, uh, just anyone. I'll, t I'll talk to a wall sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll talk to my cats, but it's just like, I, I, lo I love talking to all kinds of people yeah. and just learning. Cause you know, you could talk to someone that was in, uh, you know, someone in a nursing home that has lived life and you just start seeing things different. You see a new opportunity, you see ways that you can help better people help grow and it's just uh it's very inspiring and so you know as we get into startup week you know that that's a, a big way for a lot of people that are working on their startups to get out there get in front yep. of people you know yep. it's their first time uh, yep. for a lot of them and so what is <coughs> stl startup week how long it's been going on and you know what, what what's the the impact of it yeah um so st louis startup week is a week-long celebration of everything entrepreneurship in St. Louis. And so that that sense of sort of like bringing people together, that celebration is really important to us And that um, you have so many different organizations in St. Louis that have their own programming, um, their own mentorship programs, and, you know, they serve a specific swath of entrepreneurs here. Um, but when is it that we get all, you know, kind of get together, right? And, and look community. at, build that community, look how far we've gotten since the previous year, because yeah, the entrepreneurship community has had its challenges locally, nationally, um, it's hard to raise money right now. It's hard to find talent right now. It's hard to just, uh, you know, people post pandemic dealing with the long effects of COVID mentally, mm -hmm. just like people who have been at home, you know, working in their basements on their ideas. Like where do they yeah. go for community camaraderie to grab a beer and, and, you know, talk, you know, talk, the, you know, talk, the talk. And, and, and so, um, I think there's, that's the role that we kind of play. And as I was kind of thinking about this interview, outside of just sort of like the boilerplate for startup week so much about, I think it's this really interesting juxtaposition of entrepreneurship where it's such a like singular ego driven, like I think that I can do this better, or I think that I can um, build this product. And I know that I have this innate skill within myself to do that, whether it's like launching a new, you know, media company or a new web company. Mm. And so, um, but, but what is also necessary is others. 
And so I found that by working in a lot of these co-working spaces that like, yes, there are people that sort of, you know, they went in, you know, they clock in, they do their calls and, and, and they leave. And some of them will be really successful. Um, some of them I, I also noticed who are not uh, distracted by a lot of the happy hours and things like that. They want to talk entrepreneurship versus actually sitting down and doing the actual work. Um, but it is, you know, eventually you'll need to like find a team. You'll need to build relationships with entrepreneurs. You'll need to like be out there. And so like that's that sort of that sort of gathering pool, right? That that watering hole, whatever you call it, mm -hmm. that's the that's the role that we can provide for people who are, you know, maybe a little bit afraid. They have some idea. Maybe they don't want to tell their significant other. They don't want to tell their their boss or whatever because they're like, man, is like, is this a stupid idea? Is anyone going to care? And then you realize there's a whole other community of people just like you it. that are like, wow, like that's a great idea. Um, and also being well, you know, being able to tell you that your baby's ugly. Um, my baby's not ugly. He's beautiful <laughs> baby boy, but congrats. But we'll get into thank that. you. Uh, very proud of that. <laughs> and, um, so in, in, and I think those, those types of relationships, those peer relationships are invaluable. And so if we can help spark a lot of those conversations during the week, in addition to providing, you know, education, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, how do I fundraise? How do I, um, how do I build a culture that's inclusive? How do I, um, find talent, find talent, all these different things that are, that are part of a lot of the talks that we have this year, we've got a great slate. Um, and so in addition to, you know, being for first time entrepreneurs, I think a lot of seasoned entrepreneurs that maybe like are out of the game for mm -hmm. a while, or maybe they, they have been sort of head down focused at their desks. They're like, maybe lift that up a little bit and come celebrate with us, come network with other seasoned entrepreneurs, maybe see other opportunities kind of post, Hey, if you're going to be exiting soon, or you see life on the horizon, maybe there's a, uh, you know, a company that's attending there or a sponsor like that, that maybe you're your, your kind of next chapter. Yep. Um, and so we've seen a lot of people that are, you know, build relationships that way and find, you know, it's an, it's a great networking opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, th I think one of the greatest things, uh, I don't know. I like, for me, I hype everybody up. I, I'm like, if someone came to me with an idea, like, yeah, you know, I'm going to come out with a flying car. I'm like, oh yeah, you can make that happen. And in St. Louis, like, I'll drive that. We can get it seen by, you know, X yeah, amount yeah, of yeah, people sure. and I can have this person, you know, but it's, uh, it, it is really cool though, um, to be able to have that community. And I think, you know, even with like what we do as creators yeah. and, you know, uh, what I'm, I'm a St. Louis hype man, but people call me an influencer at times. Uh, but like, you know, just being able to teach yeah. people personal branding because, you know, before it's just like, you know, if you're just like, people will look through your social media before they even meet you. They'll look through your yeah, LinkedIn. Sure. This is what this person's done, that person. And it's, um, yeah, it's like crazy how all these things will, will go together. So maybe in the future I can work with you guys on, you know, yeah, maybe like sure. personal branding and, and how that's important. You know, it's no yeah. longer just using your social media to follow that cousin that says controversial stuff. Like you can cater your feed to what you want, yeah. whether it's food, entrepreneurship, things like that. But it's also on the other end, when someone looks up your name, they're like, okay, this person loves food, loves St. Louis. Okay. I know I'm, I know I'm going to talk. It's like an icebreaker. Like, yeah, I know. yeah, sure. Um, so when is STL startup week? Um, Cause it's multiple days and how, how does that work? Like different um, mm -hmm. keynote speakers, is it an all day, few hours? Can people come in just for yeah. one event? Can they come for the whole thing? Is it free? Like Yeah, so um, it's September 18th through 22nd. So it's in a couple of weeks now. And uh, kind of just describe it as, you know, it's all a cart, kind of like a music festival where it's like, hey, maybe you're into, you know, I know we just had the Evolution Music mm -hmm. Festival here. So maybe if you're into Brandy Carlisle, but you're not into Black Keys, 
I don't know why you wouldn't be in I'm both. Better. I was but, in Ice Cube, man. I went okay, to I go to Ice Cube. Cube. Um, so just sort of people can pick and choose. We know that people have different, you know, responsibilities. They have different commitments throughout the week. So it's not our expectation that you have to go. You know, sometimes you can kind of compare it to a regular conference where it's like, you got to take time off work and you get mm-hmm. in a hotel and stuffy ballroom, whatever. That's not how we operate things. So we understand that, you know, if you see a certain session um, that you really into, if it's if it's speaking to you in terms of the, the topic or the speaker, sign up for that. If you want to take some time to like grab something to eat, grab a phone call or something like that, mm-hmm. you can come back for other. But in terms of the format, we have five different venues kind of official venues each day. So they are um, we're kicking things off with Cortex, um, the Cortex Commons. We've got a block party on Monday. On Tuesday, we'll be at Heydays, which is a pretty new uh, space in downtown yep. West. Wednesday, we'll be at Tech Artista U-City. Thursday at T-Rex and Friday at Spark Downtown. Yep. So all of our programming, um, our official programming is kind of in one location each day. And then it kind of makes it feel a little less stagnant by having, mm-hmm. by switching. So like, you know, people that will be there on Monday, maybe we'll see them on Wednesday again, whatever, yep. but they can kind of pick and choose which which sessions they want to attend. Um, and then we have some headline sessions there that, you know, people should know about that, that Wednesday kickoff or that Monday kickoff party on Monday at the Cortex Commons, food trucks, DJ, beer from Rockwell. Wednesday, we have our kind of startup expo event called Startup Connection, which is an event that kind of predates Startup Week that we're bringing back that Originally, it was kind of a job fair mm-hmm. um, to, to help local kind of innovation professionals meet awesome. some of the local startups. So we're going to have you know, about 50 companies there from all of the region, mostly early stage startups there to you know, meet potential investors, customers, student interns, things like that. So that's, that's a fun awesome. event um, that we're going to have at WashU. And then we have our closing party um, at Trust on Friday. So there's just a lot going on. It's going to be a, a hectic week for, for me, but um, we've just got a, an amazing committee that just wanted to kind of thank them as much as I serve as the the ringleader here. Like we couldn't do it without uh, the team, really the team and the, and the volunteers that are putting in you know, a lot of unpaid hours into like mm-hmm. the stuff that we're talking about, the belief in yep. entrepreneurs, the power of entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurship in St. Louis that we're, that we are maybe sound a little cliche, a little bit from Silicon, Silicon Valley. I don't know if you watch the show on HBO, but like we're making the world a better place. I do think entrepreneurship is, one way that mm-hmm. you know we you know in terms of the number of people who can build uh you know the, the the wealth generation that can be accomplished through entrepreneurship the the value creation through some of these larger companies that are going on to become our city's largest philanthropists people mm-hmm. like maxine clark um and and others who have been able to take money that's been generated from their companies taylor and family. put it back the taylor family um so many stories of like that 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 they are whether it's you know the soccer team that wouldn't have existed, uh, the number of organizations that they individually support through their foundations, um, it's it's really uh, so that's I think kind of the the argument right like why entrepreneurship um, in addition to and a lot of our Fortune 500s I mean some of them have been around for 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 decades but some of them are are going away I mean you're seeing yeah. that with I mean Centene um, you know with with leadership changes and, and, and adding you know locations in, you know outside of st. Louis and Missouri the political challenges here I think that we have to it has to be a both and we have to be seeding new entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs and small businesses that are growing into the future employers and and uh, philanthropists in this city um, because yeah a lot of the mainstays have changed I mean Bonsato into Bayer Express scripts a lot of the the sort yeah. of corporate changes, um, and just sort of the geopolitics of a lot of these companies, um, 
yeah, they, 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 they just changed. And, and that, that has happened very rapidly in the last you know, 10, 50 years. And the, the landscape of business has, has changed tremendously. And we have to backfill mm-hmm. with companies um, that are, and, and some of them may not make it, right? Like, I know what it's like to, to plant a new garden. And, you know, you got summer heat like we did two weeks ago. And not everything makes it. But yep. the things that do can produce and yield results, uh, economic benefits, societal benefits. And uh, I think that's just, that's one, I think, arrow in our quiver in terms of the overall, I think, uh, economic, you know, equitable economic impact that we want to have as entrepreneurs um, in St. Louis. And so that's, that's at a very high level what we do. But I think Startup Week is, is really more about that personal relationship that yep. people have with each other. And then hopefully that, that seeds into these larger impacts of just, you know, having that person you can bump ideas off of. Yeah, uh, yeah that's all very beneficial. And I, I would say, too, like with St. Louis, it's amazing to see, you know, we back a lot of, you know, talking about entrepreneurs. And there's entrepreneurs on all scales. Yeah. Um, but just seeing what we do, whether it's an, an art expo, it could be, you know, um, Tyro Farmer's Market. Every week you have over 100-something vendors. Yeah. They end up, you see them going from, pop-up tents to storefronts to multiple storefronts or restaurants all over the country. Like it's really cool to see now, if now is this free to attend or if I'm just kind of curious, I just want to see what it's about. Am I allowed to come? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So, uh, basically virtually all of our events are free to attend. Um, and we do that with the, um, under underwriting of, of a lot of sponsors that we have. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, great sponsors this year that have helped cover just the cost of running the event you know, food and beverage facilities, things like that, excuse me. Um, the one event that we have is paid is that Startup Connection event. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it just helps us cover a little bit of, you know, parking, food and bev and stuff like that at yeah. WashU. Um, but obviously if there's, you know, ever a situation in which anybody is unable to pay, we can always, you know, make things work um, there. So that event is $25 to attend, um, you know, open bar, appetizers, free parking, yep. um, with admission and stuff like that too. But we, but accessibility is a big value that we have. Um, there's lots of entrepreneurship conferences out there that, um, you know, 500 ticket, $500 ticket, you know, go see Magic Johnson, Gary V, you mm-hmm. know, Simon Sinek, whatever. Um, I'm hopeful that we're able to get, you know, we, we, and not hopeful, but in terms of like those kind of national speakers that will help draw. Um, but we have so many people like you and others that have incredible stories to tell um, that are maybe going to be that next, uh, you know, big entrepreneur uh, story that comes out of St. Louis. And if we can provide a platform for them, um, hopefully that's as much of a draw as getting sort of an A-lister that comes. And and, and you guys are A-listers in my mind, um, the, the, the that. work that you do. So I think that's that's kind of been our MO um, in terms of the, the type of content, the type of speakers, but accessibility is a big um, tenant that we have in terms mm-hmm. of making things really accessible, easy for people to kind of plop in here or there, depending on their schedule and their interest, right? Like not every, you know, different strokes are different folks. Not everybody's going to be into every talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, hopefully there's something in there for everyone. Well, it's like, you know, and that's kind of like what the goal of this podcast too. It's like, you know, someone could be listening to this and they're like, you know, they're like, Hey, you know what? I, I, I did, I have this idea. Maybe yeah. they just come in and they listen to someone and connect and, and just grow. Uh, but our goal is to like hit all, all, <coughs> Everyone in St. Louis yeah. in some way, shape or form and, and help us all grow, whether you do comedy, you're part of Startup Week, you run a restaurant, things like that. Yeah. So um, I'm going to kind of shift gears here. I, I know you 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 love food. And so we're going to have you on Foodie Friday. Okay. And so we're, we'll, we'll probably just drop both at the same time. Yeah, sure. So uh, 
you guys just listened to his Foodie Friday, actually, <laughs> in the order of the way the podcast is done. You just listened to his Foodie Friday, so you already know what he likes. You already had the introduction. But um, <clears throat> one part of the of this podcast that we like talking to, to different guests about is, you know, food is this beautiful thing that brings us all together. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you're at a booth with, let's just say, three other people or you're at a table of four, it's you and three others, who would you have join you and why? It could be famous people. It could be a neighbor. Uh, who would they be? Yeah. Um, I, I really like this question. You sent it over before before the cast. And, um, you know, I was just kind of thinking about like, yeah, there's lots of people in my life that, you know, look at people that, you know, you went to college with or maybe a friend that, you know, you haven't seen in a while or someone you went to high school with. And, you know, um, there, there's lots of individuals that'd be like, hey, if I could add a teleport or whatever and you mm -hmm. kind of bring into a, a room. But I, I tended to think about um, just, you know, people from history, people that, you know, kind of, I don't really follow a lot of celebrity culture. You know, my, my wife does. And we try to like certain people that we follow. I know that like, I love playing piano. Mm -hmm. Elton John is like one of my favorite artists. And my mother-in-law was like, oh, Elton John has been hospitalized. And I'm like looking up, like no, what's yeah. going on with Elton John? It's like, oh, he, he fell in his home. Like, you know, he's getting to that mm -hmm. age where, you know, he had his last farewell tour and we went and saw him perform um, here at the Enterprise Center. But it's like, yeah, I, I care about a lot because his, mm -hmm. his music has meant so much to me. Um, life, yeah. But anyway, it's I, I, it was hard not selecting <laughs> Elton John, but I, I tried to pick people from history, mostly people that have passed on. But the three people that I picked were first, Rob Williams. So I started to think about like elements of myself that, you know, have really, um, you know, different. So so movies and comedy mm -hmm. are definitely, you know, part of my personality. And, you know, he's been part of so many great movies that like yeah. our family has watched, you know, over and over again, like Hook. I mean, that's just like a great movie. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, Patch Adams. Um, he was, you know, the genie in Latin. You know, he's just like mm -hmm. he's one of these generational talents that like I don't think that we're going to see someone like him for for quite some time. And in this um, day and age, it'd just be completely different. Could be someone on social media. Yeah. That, so it's like literally once in a generation. And and so to me, in terms of why why I like invite him to lunch or dinner is just sort of like, I've seen him, you know, outside of like his roles, um, just sort of talk a lot. And this may have been, some of it was early in life, some of it was kind of, you know, nearing, um, and you know, he had a, a tragic, tragic death. Um, just someone who's generally interested in bringing joy to other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, we don't really see a lot of that. Um, when you think about, I don't know if you watched the documentary about, um, it's like, uh, won't you be my neighbor about like, uh, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers right? Like yeah. someone who is like, he was too good for this world. Like someone like Mr. Rogers, like could not exist in like the society where it's like you have, you know, white nationalist and everything that's going on, presidential politics. And I'm like, look at this, like what we, we both cried in the theater mm -hmm. along with everybody else who went to that. Just like, man, this guy just like really cares. Um, cool specifically about children, right? And, and looking at like protecting childhood and just like having a good childhood experience because that informs so much of what we are as adults, mm -hmm. um, our childhood. So I like, so people like Robin Williams who are generally like bring joy into other people's lives through through laughter, through humor, um, and have just always appreciated his brand of comedy. Sometimes he's really, really dark and really grotesque, but other times he's just like off the wall like he is in like Aladdin. And I'm like, yeah, he you know helped make that movie. Yep. Um, so I think I think it would just be a great conversation with him just throughout his career. I think he was on. Um, uh, I, mean, I can't remember the interview, but it's sort of like that one with it's like James Lipton and he asks you like 100 questions. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he has sort of a, a, a format and structure in the same way that you did. And I just remember listening to Rob Williams and, and really appreciating a lot of what he had to say about life and joy and acting. 
Um, so I think it'd be an awesome experience. The second one would be Ina Garden. Okay. Um, so I'm really into cooking. Uh, I love cooking for myself, for family, um, bringing people together, like you said, bringing people together with food. And there's a lot of chefs that I follow um, and, you know, always on like Instagram and reels mm -hmm. and things like that, looking for new uh, recipes. I just find that her just love of food, but also just like her acumen and skill is unmatched. Yep. Um, and so like, so she, you know, is the Barefoot Contessa, that's kind of her name. But I remember an episode of like uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers where, you know, he does some of these interviews and stuff where he like basically goes out and gets hammered with a bunch of celebrities. Oh, so yeah, he did yeah, one I've with Rihanna. So he does with with Ina Garden and man, she can put <clears throat> down some booze yeah. and it's a lot of fun. So um, I just, I think it would be a lot of fun to uh, maybe cook with her, um, you know, she's probably a lot better cook than I am. I've cooked a lot of her recipes, but I think oh, just, awesome. um, she seems like a really awesome person to just like break bread with and to like talk about, you know, our love of food and bringing mm -hmm. people together. So there's, she'll, she'll be the one making the meal. That's yeah, part yeah, of the yeah, experience. Yeah, exactly. Right like I'll send her the menu. I wouldn't, you want you Bam. to make this, like I'll make her, you know, whatever cocktail she wants a Cosmo or something like that. Um, so I thought that would be a great, uh, in terms of someone who I really, uh, admire from a food perspective and a chef perspective. And the third one is John Muir. Um, so John Muir is, uh, he's this, you know, originated from Scotland. Um, he's a naturalist, uh, founded the Sierra Club. Um, so really into, you know, nature conservation. He's the one that convinced Teddy Roosevelt to, you know, set aside like millions of acres of land for national parks and monuments. So wow. I'm an avid hiker, love to be outdoors. And so just thinking about this guy who's sort of a Renaissance man that really believed that we can learn so much about ourselves from nature and study nature and botany and chemistry um just have a lot of respect and um as you were talking about like past present and future like there is a john muir trail which is like over 220 miles in california sort of sierra nevada that like mm -hmm. i hope to do one day it's part of the pacific crest trail which i don't know if i'll ever have the time to do some yeah. of these larger trails especially with a family but um, a newborn too. newborn yeah. but um maybe that's something that i can take my son and, and we can do part of it or all of it and um so i just have a lot of respect for i i, I wanted to pick some kind of an explorer type someone you know as you think about entrepreneurs there's a lot of venturing into the unknown and you know with the trail now it's well marked you know you can get online and you know you can get all the do your research do your research and you know what do i need to take and you got communication devices but like he was out there like alone mm -hmm. and just you know that 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 being on that frontier of really exploring something brand new tons of risk uh and being able to sort of you know convince our our politicos that hey this is this land is special um we need mm -hmm. to set this and 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 protect it um and so i think that's one of the the things that i've really admired about um not just living in the united states but but being able to be in in respect and all of our nature's beauty. And so that would just having a conversation about like what it was like exploring, but also like what about that land specifically sort of spoke to him deep inside that said like, Hey, there's something about this, yeah. whether it's religion or God or nature or whatever that you believe in that, that, um, spoke to him in such a way and moved him. Um, cause I've had those experiences in nature and I'm sure other people have that just are like, they're out there. It's wild. Mm -hmm. You don't have a cell phone. You don't have Netflix. You don't have any of these things. It's just like you, a mountain, a river, a moose, whatever it is. And I think that uh, the more that we can preserve those spaces. Um, so he was kind of a pioneer in that respect. And I think it would be a really cool conversation to talk about like a real life explore, right? We don't, we yeah. don't have a lot of places in America that uh, are uncharted um, anymore, but um, you know, someone who was there 
kind of right at the time of you know american um exploration ingenuity in exploration and, yep. and someone who didn't come from here right that that was able to appreciate what we had in this country and convince um then you know the president be like hey we need to do something special here and Which so I, I think yeah. we've gotten a lot like there's been a lot of fuck ups politically in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. Oil. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and so I'm like, you got the national parks right. Um, yeah. That's something you kind of nailed. And uh, hopefully we can learn from that um, in the future. So, yeah, that would be my, I don't know how it all work. You know, Ina's making the meal and we're talking about hikes and, you know, Ron Williams is cracking a joke about hiking, whatever and, it is, you know, and he's Elton John's music yeah. is just playing in the yes, background. Yeah, he's so. with us. Uh, he's still with us and it's, uh, not in spirit, but he's still alive, yeah. making music. Yeah, yep. his show is amazing, um, and uh, so so many classics, and and uh, just have a lot of appreciation for for musicians too. People yep. that you know, that's kind of another form of entrepreneurship. People that mm -hmm. create in their own way, and and music speaks to them. He's just an incredible performer, and per, you know, he's done so much um, for you know AIDS movement. Um, just just being an active citizen, um, yeah, I think he's probably knighted if he's not been knighted he needs to immediately mm -hmm. um so he's yeah, just a combination of like people that are amazing amazingly talented musicians but also like have you know with their platform they can actually change make a lives. difference change lives yeah yep. and he's he kind of fits the bill in that respect so i cheated with four yeah yeah <laughs> we, we played it off we played it off right uh, okay yeah, so yeah. now before you go the yeah. last bit is words of wisdom so uh you know whether Oof. it's someone starting their entrepreneurial journey it could be someone that you know could be just going through a tough time in life and just whatever you know advice you want to give to to somebody um yeah i mean like you know i'm 37 years old, like there's a lot of life, hopefully that I have to live in terms of words of wisdom. So I, in terms of entrepreneurs, I think that, um, I remember speaking to a lot of early stage entrepreneurs who, you know, at this point they haven't developed a company, right? They have an idea for something, mm -hmm. something, uh, you know, problem in society that they say, you know, I can solve this. I, I have a product or solution for this. And they're almost like hesitant to share, right? And, you know, Matt, will you sign an NDA? Or like, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So it's either that they were they were scared that someone was going to steal their idea, or they were scared that like uh, their idea was dumb. And I said, I don't, I don't think it's probably neither, right? So I think the advice I would give is to just tell as many people as possible at that early stage, uh, get lots of feedback. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a point in which you need to act, right? Like, uh, you know, entrepreneurship by its very nature it's risky and so like we it's sort of a, a catch-22 we, we learn by doing yep. um and so as much as you want to you know uh, understand your market and research all these competitors and, and and there is a good amount of due diligence that you should do to convince you that maybe this is not the right idea for the right sometimes it's a timing thing in terms of like um you, know, you think about you know dates back to like the original like palm pilot you know we don't use palm pilots right we have iphones but like the Palm Pilot was necessary for like the BlackBerry and all these things to come. So like, Steps. It, you know, the, these, these stepping stones. And so like, um, the point is, um, you know, you just have to act and you, you have to act on instinct. And I think the more experiences, the more people you talk to, the more doing and, and failure you have that informs and, and makes you more confident for when you're like, okay, uh, now you're faced with, a challenge where like, okay, do we add this product feature? Do we go after this market? Do we expand? You know, how, how fast do we do all these things? Um, and so I think that's, those are the two pieces of advice of just like one, just tell as many people as you can. If you're a student, 
talk to your professors, talk to other parents, talk to other students, talk to potential customers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I helped run an event called Startup Weekend several years ago where basically pil- people build tech companies over the course of three days. And a core part of what we encourage people to do and a core part of what they were scored on was like consumer customer research. So like we had, we had a company, um, a number of, a bunch of college guys and they had an app for like uh, restaurants or nightclubs. So like, oh, we did research. It's like, we went to a club. I'm like, did you just want to go to a club? And then this, the this research came afterwards. It's yeah. like, no, we talked to a couple club owners and we got this, okay, whatever. Um, but the important point was like, they actually talked to people that were going to use their product, right? Yep. It was an app. It was, you know, how do you know, how do they, uh, you know, is this something that was helping them, you know, a lot of, a lot of things like, is it saving me money? Is it getting me time? Is it making my job easier? Um, and then the second piece was like, you have to act. Um, you know, in terms of putting yourself out there, it's, it's a, it's risky. It, it feels scary at the moment mm-hmm. in terms of like, is anybody going to respond to this? But you can only, you know, think, plan, strategize, um, research, listen to a podcast so long versus like, you just have to start. Yep. And I think that, that, part. that leap of faith is really hard for a lot of entrepreneurs, particularly those like myself that like maybe struggle with depression or anxiety or these other things where they're like, is this going to work? And you're not going to be able to see that until you really, it's a leap of faith and be able to like get something out there, have people respond to it. And I think most people will be surprised with what they, what they can get, what they can learn from those experiences, whether it's launching a website, signing a client, doing things that maybe you don't know how to do yet. Um, you'll figure it out. And, and if you don't, that's why things like startup week exists is that you can find other people that have, have been there, done that. And mm-hmm. that can help you like, it's not meant to be a solo exercise at times of like, oh, I have certain things that I'm really good at. You have certain things as a creator, an influencer that you're really good at. Sometimes you just have to ask people who have been there that have trailblazed and be like, hey, like we're we're adding 20 staff. Like how do we how do I get out of my day to day so that I can delegate more effectively? Someone's done that. Go talk to them. Yep. Uh, so maybe there's some nuggets in there, but those are the big pieces, um, especially working with early stage entrepreneurs. They yeah, tend to get in their heads, but um, there's a lot of there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of ingenuity, and uh, you know, hopefully, there's a, a spot for you in St. Louis to grow your company. The worst thing anyone's going to say is no. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be back around later to say yes, right? <laughs> Deal, yeah, dealing with rejection is a big part of that, right? And yeah. and it comes with practice of just like the first one, just like pulling off a band aid of just like someone doesn't want it, they say no, or if investor's not going to fund you, say no, um, and 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 learning that because that person is so tied to that idea that it's part of their identity. They feel like they're being rejected versus like, oh, you're working at Purina and some, and you'd be like, hey, would you want some dog food? No. Okay. Well, maybe my identity is tied up with that company, but I'm not so like ingrained into it that they feel like, oh no, you've started mm-hmm. a podcast or you've started a tech company. So yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of, I found there's a lot of interpersonal challenges with mm-hmm. entrepreneurship that we don't really talk about um, that I wish more outside of just mental health. Uh, with entrepreneurs, which I'm very passionate about, but just like, how do we overcome self-doubt? How do we get to that other side and build confidence? And once we have that confidence and that swagger, like how do you maintain it through, through just peaks and valleys, right? Mm -hmm. Ups and downs. Um, uh, because that's just, that's part of it, right? Anybody who says this, this life is easy is kidding themselves. It's a different life, right? There's freedom on the other side of this, this kind of effort and the discipline. Um, 
but you know, being able to dictate your day, being able to work with the people that you want to work with, being able to spend money on the things you want to, not having to go in, you know, to a nine to five that's soul crushing and that you're not sure what impact it's having on the world. These are the, these are the benefits. Yep. Um, but it's, there's, there's a slog in there that I think people, if they're not ready for it, um, they'll be able to experience it. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, before I let you go, how can people follow you? Yeah. How can they follow STL startup week? So, um, yeah, we're active on social media. So, um, if you go to, uh, we are on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn is where we're putting a lot of content as well. Um, the website is st Lewis startup week, um, yeah. com, And, uh, there you'll be able to check out all of our speakers, uh, complete lineup. You'll be able to register and add all the different kind of create your custom schedule, um, and buy any tickets for those yeah ticketed events that we have. But, um, yeah, thanks for having me on and. Hopefully we'll see you at Startup Week. Yep. I appreciate your time, yeah. Matt. Thank you. Thank you.